I learned a tremendous amount of patience. I mean, it would seem as though I'm impatient with some of the things that we did, but I learned a tremendous amount of patience and I learned really what we need, really what we need in the character of the young men that we need. I learned so many things about what we need and do not deviate from that. Welcome into a new Buff Stampede radio. Adam Munster Tiger, the publisher of buffstampede.com, joined by Chase Howell. We love having Chase on to talk CU football recruiting. He's obviously from the SCO Show, which is on Mile High Sports Radio, every Thursday from noon to 1 p.m. Mountain Time. Action Network, Corn Ferry, Caddy, hockey coach. Chase wears a lot of different hats. Did, did I cover most of them? Yeah, no, you nailed it. That was awesome. So what we're going to do today is we're going to draft new buffs, guys that have committed to Colorado from the high school ranks or as transfers. And this will be kind of a fun way to kind of share our thoughts, our hierarchy in terms of the guys we're most excited about joining Colorado's program. And, you know, chat just a little bit more about each of these guys as we go through the whole process. Chase, we're going to each draft eight guys. There's more than that that have committed to Colorado as high school and transfers here uh, for the 2024 season. It's uh, been a whirlwind covering it here the, the last few weeks. As we record this, 15 new transfers in the last nine days. And uh, I, I'm starting to hear that there might be some more coming down the pike here. I'm sure you've had plenty of caffeine over the last nine days, Adam. I, I don't know how you quite keep up with everything. It's impressive. But, yeah, we have a day more, and I think we might see a few more coming in. Uh, we'll see. Coach Prime always has a surprise or two on signing day, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Today's episode is brought to us by Macaulay Capital Fractional CFO Services. Is your business looking for financial guidance and support, but not yet big enough to hire a full-time CFO? Well, we have a solution for you. Hiring a fractional CFO who can work with your business on a part-time basis. You get the benefit of having a seasoned financial expert on your team without the commitment or expense of a full-time hire. And here's the best part. It's likely that a partnership with Macaulay Capital will be a win-win situation, meaning that your business will make more money from the guidance of a fractional CFO than the total cost of partnering with us. For more information or to set up a meeting, please visit MacaulayCapital.com. That's M-C-C-A-U-L-E-Y Capital.com. As I say this, as we record, it's 1021 a.m., on Monday, December 18th, 2023. So our pool of guys that we're going to be drafting from have committed to Colorado at this point. Uh, it's We might have heard a few things here and there, but I don't want to uh, include those guys until they come out with their decision. So uh, we've got a healthy list of, of really talented players to choose from here, Chase. I'm going to let you go for first. We're going to go back and forth, and we're going to start from uh, our, our top pick all the way down to our eighth pick. That's really nice of you, Adam, because I think there's an obvious first overall pick uh, in this transfer and recruiting class group. There's one five-star, and I think I'm going to go ahead and, and take the five-star. I'm going to take the anchor on my offensive line. I'm going to go with Jordan Seaton out of IMG Academy. He's obviously one of the best offensive linemen in the entire class. Uh, he's likely going to come in to see you and start right at left tackle. We'll see. I mean, they brought in a lot of different transfer portal guys to compete with him. 
but his athleticism, his reach, I, we've heard it talked about enough, I know. So I don't need to talk about it too much. But Jordan Seaton, he's my anchor. Yeah, he is one of the most physically impressive recruits I've ever seen visit Boulder. And like he looks even more gigantic and immovable in person than he does in some of those photos. And he's actually lost some weight to, to gain some of the athleticism that's made him become that, you know, number one offensive tackle recruit in the class of 2024. And uh, I don't know, I, I don't know how you put a true freshman in Penn as a starter right away, but man, I'm, I'm almost tempted with him because I, I real that's where I'm setting my expectations. The fact he's going to be on campus for spring ball should be big, but it's tough. You know, Alabama's starting left tackle was a true freshman. He gave up quite a few sacks last year. So I don't know what the proper expectations are to set for him, only that, you know, he's setting expectations that are high for himself. And he's already speaking out about the fact that uh, what happened to Shador in 2023 is not going to happen again, again. So you love the confidence from this young man. He's uh, definitely uh, seems like a, a great fit for what Coach Prime is building from a culture standpoint. I know Coach Prime doesn't like that word culture, but he seems to really fit kind of what they want to do in terms of uh, just a, a bravado, uh, you know, somebody that uh, is not going to shy away from the camera. Absolutely. He has the perfect personality to be able to play for Coach Prime. And um, he's going to have a lot more competition than we expected, maybe, to be able to start, but I think he's going to start. All right, with my first pick, and I, I'm anxious to see if you think this is a surprise or not, but I'm going to go with Will Shepard, uh, receiver mm. transfer from Vanderbilt, 6'3", about 200 pounds, was really a, you know an effective player playing in the SEC, and now he's going to have Shadur Sanders throwing him the football. Um, maybe he replaces a lot of what you lose from Xavier Weaver. There, there's a lot of competition that's joining that group, but... I like the fact that he comes in as a ready-made product. You know, it's it's like you, you can bring in a really talented true freshman receiver like Omarion Miller and get a great performance out of him like we saw against USC. But that consistency week to week is a little bit harder. And so while I love some of these, uh, you know, freshman playmakers that they have uh, coming in, I'm going to go with a guy that is established, you know, caught over 150 passes in the SEC with my first pick. What What are your thoughts there? No, I think that's a great first pick. I think that is would have been my number two um, as okay. well. You look at the production at the SEC level and uh, uh, really on an offense that wasn't that good too and a team that wasn't that good in the SEC, but he has really produced over the last three years. Um, and so you know exactly what you're going to get for him uh, when he comes and plays this last year in Boulder. All right, your next pick. This one... It's a little tough. So now that I see you taking a senior or taking a guy that really only has one year of eligibility, I'm not sure how I want to weigh high school recruits first transfer portal guys, but I guess that's kind of what I have to figure out for myself. Cause I know you're not going to help me there. My, um, my, my squad wants to win right now, baby. Let's go. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to build for the future. Then if I'm going to get dominated in next year, maybe I'll be able to win in two to three years. Um, I'll go with Draylon Miller. We talked about him uh, quickly on a recruiting video that's probably not out yet as the time of, that this comes out. But he's just an absolute offensive weapon. He's produced over the last couple of years um, in Texas. He's one of the highest ranked recruits that Colorado has ever 
gotten. Obviously, you lose a guy like Aaron Butler, and really, I think they might have upgraded in a guy like Traylon Miller um, and his ability with yards after the catch. You really just get the ball in his hands and you let him go. He runs like a running back. Um, you'll hear the full breakdown on our video, but um, I'm going to go with Draylon Miller. Yeah, that was the next guy on my list had you not taken him. And that video will come out once Draylon Miller makes his uh, signing with Colorado official. And he was a guy I was like, Chase, we got to do a video just on him because as we talk about in that video, his commitment was really overshadowed by Jordan Seaton in these transfer news. Uh, had that been a commitment uh, three years ago? I mean, it would have been, we've been talking about Draylon Miller for, for a month. So that, that's the world we live in right now, Adam. It's wild. I have two guys that are basically for a, for B on my list. Um, I just really enjoyed what this young man did during his senior season playing high school ball in Michigan. So I'm going to go with defense alignment, Brandon Davis Swain as my next pick. Uh, not only was he on offense in some of those short yard situations, Chase, he was getting downfield as a receiver, making guys miss out there. This is about as athletic a defense alignment as you can find out there. Now, does he have crazy length? No, but he's, He's tall enough. He's got enough length. He's not going to be, um, you know, he's got enough to be uh, able to compete at that size in, in the Pac-12. And maybe as a guy that starts a little bit more on the edge and moves in more in the interior of the line as he spends time in a college weight room. But I really like his personality as well. And just the the, the fit that he's going to have. It's not always easy for a uh, a freshman defense alignment to come in and play, but I kind of expect Brandon Davis Wayne to have some type of role on this team next year. Absolutely. And especially on special teams, I think you throw an athlete like that out there and he can definitely help you on special teams. Um, we'll see how this whole defensive line edge ends up shaking out once we get to the fall. Cause I, I think it will look different than where we stand right now, but yeah, Brandon Davis Wayne is um, easily the top defensive player in this recruiting class. Back to you, Chase. Well, speaking of top defensive players in this recruiting class, another guy that I broke down on one of these videos, I'm going to go with Eric Brantley. All right. I think what he did, and I, I'm now taking all high school players, so I might need to take some vets um, in the back end of my draft here. But uh, Eric Brantley, what he did his senior year at Valdosta is one of the more impressive defensive senior performances that I've probably ever seen. And obviously they're recruiting – um, at completely different levels than really when I was covering this team, but he had 34 tackles for loss, Adam. That's a, a little over three a game. Uh, and he also added 13 sacks. He was all over the field. Uh, some really close to 100 tackles, I think 96 tackles. And we're talking about defensive linemen. They couldn't block him, period. And, and it was at a very high level in Georgia. I think he's going to come in and be able to contribute. Maybe not right away. I think he probably has to figure out a way to put on some weight if he's going to play on the interior of the defensive line. Um, but he can wreak havoc, and that's what you're looking for in these types of guys. And one of the first guys that committed to this recruiting class, so he's been a buff for a long time. I'm going to go with a, another high school commit here, and I'm going to go with Cameron McCall from Georgia. When I was talking with Steve Wiltfong, our national recruiting analyst, he made uh, the comment that, no matter what stadium 
Cam McKell goes into during his college career, he might be the fastest guy out there. And so uh, that's a skill that uh, you like to have on your football team. Uh, he's listed as an athlete, and there were a lot of programs that wanted him as a defensive back, thought he would be a really good defensive back at the next level, but he wanted to play offense. And Colorado was recruiting him for offense all along. Now, one more thing to to add here to, to go towards my point is he's from Georgia and the Bulldogs really wanted this young man. They made a full court effort late in the process to, to try to get him to commit. That says something when, when Georgia wants you. So uh, I, I'm excited about this pick and excited to add that playmaking uh, to my uh, draft squad here. Another guy that has flown under the radar, I feel like, after he committed. But you're exactly right. A Georgia kid passing on Georgia at the level that they're at right now um, to come all the way to Colorado. That that goes to show um, the recruiting job that they did to be able to get Cam McCallum. Well, you got to be excited about a guy like that. All right, your fourth pick. Uh, well, I guess I'm going to build on my offensive line. And I'm going to go ahead and take Tyler Johnson. Uh, I think probably the most important offensive line guy that they have added over the last couple of weeks. I think you slot this guy right in at left guard and you call it good. Uh, he has a ton of experience, obviously started a few games at Texas, and then he comes over to Houston and dominates the Big 12 there as well. So um, I think this is probably the most important recruit that they're going to bring in this year um, just because of his ability to completely change that offensive line and, and hopefully be able to create some holes in the run game. So I want my offensive line to have some meat like Tyler Johnson and Jordan Seaton, and um, we're going to run all over everybody. Yeah. The thing, and we always debate pro football focus, how big of a grain of salt do you take with it? But when you see them put out there that, Johnson has only allowed two sacks across 890 pass block snaps. I mean, that is pretty incredible. That And that's, uh, as you look at Colorado and, and uh, what do they need, that is exactly it. 6'5", 320, so he's got that size, that picture next to Coach Prime. Uh, it makes Coach Prime look very small. Uh, th this is a, a plug-and-play guy, and so I really like that pick that you have there. I am going to throw a curveball into this draft. And this is, again, going to my mentality that we're trying to win right now, Chase. And I'm going to go with defensive back Preston Hodge from Liberty, one of the, the highest graded players uh, in his conference this past season for a Liberty team that went undefeated. You know, they're going to play Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl this year. Uh, and he comes in as a big corner that could play in the nickel as well. Could even play safety in a pinch if, if you needed him to. So I like his versatility. But I I, I could see a scenario where Preston Hodge and uh, Travis Hunter are out there as your starting corners this year, and you feel really, really good about th that duo. Yeah, and I think the most important thing about him is his versatility, and we'll see where they end up slotting him. Obviously, I think CU would like for Kermani McLean to develop and be able to take that outside corner spot, and then you have Preston Hodge playing a lot more nickel, um, and safety, but this is a guy that can make plays in space. He had 43 tackles, um, which is obviously really good for a guy that's mostly a cover corner. Um, so I think I would rather see him in, in an ideal world. I'd rather see them develop Cormani McLean and Preston Hodges playing a lot of nickel for you. Before we get to your next point or your next pick, I, I want to make the point that Hodges' commitment to me signaled uh, 
that this staff gets it, that they, you really could go into next season and just hope that you're going to develop Cormani and Carter Stottmeyer. And there's no need to necessarily go out there and get an established guy. Um, and you just kind of roll with what you have, but after competing, you know, in the PAC 12 for a year, and now they're going to the big 12 and it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, a conference that features parity most likely. And so it's going to be a week to week grind, maybe not quite the same as what we saw uh, in the PAC 12 this past year, but you need to cultivate this depth. And uh, I've seen some coaches at Colorado that they, they fall in love with young guys in their development, but they don't create enough competitions. And then when there's injuries there, all of a sudden you're screwed. And so the fact that they went out and made that a priority to bring in a guy like that, I, I thought was a really good sign. I think that might be the biggest thing about um, how much better they are going to be next season. And I think Coach Prime talked about it last night on the, uh, I don't know if you caught that um, show with Ocho Cinco and Shannon Sharp. A few minutes of it. Yeah. And uh, that that was was pretty funny. For the most part, but he was serious when he was talking about um, the depth that they've been able to develop. And um, I think that's going to make a huge difference, especially when you're talking about playing Travis Hunter on both sides. Um, I, they still obviously will want to do that, but they have enough depth to where if he wants to take a series off, I think they'll be able to do that as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be very important. It's going to be much different than what they had this past year. Receivers, another position where it's like you, you could have felt okay there, but no, we're going to bring in really good players at that position and let the, you know, the cream rise to the top. So, all right, let's go to your next pick, your fifth pick. Don't mind if I do, Adam. That's a great segue right there. I'm going to go ahead and take Cordell Russell. He, and you've heard a few different things maybe about his one year at TCU um, and maybe his attitude, which I don't think will will fly at all if uh, with Coach Prime. But when you look at this guy as a high school recruit, there weren't many better receivers in the entire country. Six foot four, 210 pounds. He can be a game changer for you um, if he's able to develop over the next couple of years. And he has four more years left of eligibility. He's coming in as a redshirt freshman. Um, So he's a guy that they're going to have some time to be able to develop. And I think if they can get the best out of Cordell Russell, he calls himself baby T.O., which has obviously been very much talked about. But I do think that's important with this team where T.O. is actually going to be around the facility quite a bit. And he's going to be willing to listen to a guy like T.O. and try to be able to develop. So four years of him, I, I think he can be a good receiver. Maybe not next year, but in three, four, two, two to three years, I think we'll see him as an elite receiver. Yeah, that is a fun side story of of baby T.O. becoming a buff because it wasn't just for the cameras. When T.O. was around this team during preseason camp and in some of those game weeks, I mean, he was always giving guys side advice and really, uh, you know, taking guys under his wing. Giovanni Antonio maybe didn't have quite the impact that he was hoping for, but uh, Teal was there walking up the hill with him slowly after practice in his year, giving him tips. And so uh, I got to imagine for somebody that that has that nickname, uh, he's going to really enjoy having that connection when he gets to Boulder. For my next pick, I've got two offensive line transfers that I'm completely torn on. Uh, I'm, I'll be consistent, as you'll see on our signing day videos. I uh, have a mention of Matthew Bedford, the Indiana transfer on the offensive line. So I'm going to go with him here. Um, And 
I'm going to expand on this in our video, but a big reason why is his versatility that I really like the fact that he played every position but center at Indiana and got better, had his best graded out season this past year uh, and has great size. So uh, I like uh, adding him to to my draft squad here. Yeah, you talked about him on one of the recruiting videos. I think you're able to maybe say like Tyler Johnson's left guard, Justin Mayers might be playing right guard. And then you are able to fill that last hole with the Matthew Bedford. I I don't know exactly how it's going to shake out, but I think they're going to decide which guys are only going to be able to play specific positions. And then Matthew Bedford's just going to slide into that offensive line wherever they possibly can. All right, back to you. I think I'm going to go your similar direction here. I'm going to take a guy that we talked about on a recruiting video in my most underrated transfer portal uh, commit so far. I'm going to take Keaton Wade. You look at what he did throughout through two years at Kentucky with plenty of experience. Yes, he was a backup edge rusher, but he also had 36 tackles this past year. So he's played plenty of football in the SEC, and he played for a Defensive coach that has produced some really good defensive teams in the SEC and Mark Stoops. So I think they're getting a very, very good player out of Keaton Wade. We're going to see where he ends up slotting in here. I've actually heard that he might play a little bit more inside linebacker than always at the edge. I think we're going to see him as kind of an outside linebacker, inside linebacker hybrid um, and move him around depending on the down. But when I threw on his film, I was impressed that he wasn't always rushing the quarterback. He played a lot in coverage, and he looks a lot more athletic than six foot five, two fifty might might sound on paper. All right, back to me. I'm going to go with that other offensive lineman that I almost took last round. I'm going to go with Justin Mayers, the UTEP transfer. Seventeen program quickly offered him a scholarship. Once he hit the portal, he landed in Boulder and is a guy that. Yeah, he probably factors in at guard, um, and we'll see. But I just like the the trajectory that his career has had, and I, I think that this is a kind of a sleeper pick that might work his way into being an NFL draft pick if he lives up to to the expectations from the folks around the program that I've heard from. So uh, there's a reason that a lot of programs were after this guy. Yeah, obviously all-conference honors at CUSA. It graded out great on PFF this past year, depending on how much you like that grading system. But um, a a guy that I think will be starting on the offensive line, and as you said, could possibly be a pro prospect. He's coming here to try to find his way into the NFL draft, and he has that chip on his shoulder from coming from a G5 school. So I'm excited about him as well. There's still a lot of really talented guys on this list to choose from. I know. I'm scrolling through my head. What, what pick is this? Seven? Six? You are going on to your seventh pick here. Okay. Two more. A lot of talent. Don't want to go to the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. I'm going to take the big tight end, I think. Maybe because okay. he's a very important addition uh, to this team. They really don't have any tight ends. You get Lewis Passarello back, who will be coming off a major injury. They have a couple of walk-ons on the roster, but that's it. So Chayman Matire, did I get that right? I'm, gonna, I'm guessing yeah. Chayman Yeah, Chayman okay. Matire, yep. Good job. Perfect. Six foot five, 250 pounds. This, that's a big boy. Uh, CU actually recruited him a little bit coming out of high school. I think they had offered him. I don't think it, it was close to being able to get him, but I believe 
he was more of a defensive end type of recruit coming out of high school and Cincinnati took him and moved him to tight end and he produced this past year right around 250 yeah. yards scored a few touchdowns it, it was all throughout a three four game stretch but um I think you get a big body tight end that you can teach how to block and obviously he can be a weapon in the passing game so I'm excited about that yeah, our national guys that rank the transfers love Chamon Matayer. He's right as we record this, the fifth ranked tight end, a four star. So that, that's a good pick. And yeah, you, it's going to be really interesting to see how they do use the tight end going forward uh, with, with a new offensive scheme and a new tight ends coach. Uh, but to bring in a guy that's bigger than they did in Sedu Treor. A year ago uh, uh, makes me feel better about where that position is going to be going forward. I'm going to go with Quincy Wiggins, a defensive line transfer from LSU. He was the number one ranked recruit coming out of the state of Louisiana when he was coming out of high school. Spent two years with the Tigers and played some there, but he was able to apply redshirt to one of those years. So he comes in with th- three years to play three. I said, I'm trying to win right now, but this is a piece that I think uh, when you look at his body and his upside is a guy that, that's going to have a role in Colorado's defensive line going forward. That one video that uh, I posted on Twitter, if you haven't seen it yet, it's just Quincy going through practice and the dude is a monster. Even standing next to all of his LSU teammates, which are obviously some pretty big dudes, he is clearly bigger than them. Um, and we'll see if he's able to develop. I think he will over the next few years, but he does have – uh, quite a bit of eligibility left, so it doesn't have to be in 2024. It could be over the next few years. And yes, I, I'm excited just about his size and his athleticism because it's it's fun. All right, last pick, Chase. The pressure is on here. You know, I feel bad about building a team and not having somebody under center. I need somebody that's gonna be able to distribute the rock. I got all of these different offensive weapons. Um, and and I do think both the quarterbacks are pretty equal. Um, the two SEC quarterbacks they're getting out of the transfer portal. But Walter Taylor, when you throw on some of his highlights, and it's not necessarily as a passer, but all he has to do is get the ball in the hands of Draylon Miller. It doesn't have to be downfield. I'm not worried about that. Um, but him running the football at six foot seven, 235 pounds, and willing to lower the shoulder and run over dudes. Um, I think you could always find use for a guy like that in your offense. And maybe they will have some short yardage situations uh, for him, even in 2024, because he's a weapon. And if you can run a few QB draws or, now everybody's talking about the push push. Um, and that's a great fourth and one, fourth and two play that is very, very high percentage and something that they didn't really do at all this past year. So um, I'm excited in what they get in Walter Taylor. I don't know if he's going to start down the road, but I think he's an offensive weapon that you can find some packages for. Yeah, I like you mentioning the fact that that would be a way to really utilize him, even if he's not the, the starting quarterback, because they – didn't have faith that they could get that yard in short yard situations this past year. And if, if you've got a certain package for a guy like that, and I can't tell you how many people texted me yesterday asking, is he really six, seven? And that's what he's listed at everywhere. As far as I could see, unless I'm missing something. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've only seen six, seven, but even if he's six, six, he's huge. So I don't really care. Yeah. 
Well, this is going to be tough for me. Uh, what do I need on my team? I've got pretty balanced squad. We're going to go probably skill ranks here for my last pick. You know, I'm going to throw in a name that folks really aren't talking about, and that's Terrell Timmons Jr., a receiver from NC State. And, you know, folks that cover him out there say that he's a really good deep threat, but the Wolfpack's quarterbacks couldn't get the ball efficiently downfield last year. So it really went from him being a potential breakout star to a guy that didn't put up huge numbers, but was somebody that, you know, folks around that program thought had a pretty high ceiling, can make really tough catches. And so, again, going back to an earlier point I made, it it says a lot, I think, about this staff that they see certain positions seemingly have pretty good top-end talent, but not being satisfied with that, bringing in more guys like a Terrell Timmons to push, you know, guys that are returning in the program. And then, you know, we'll see at the end of spring ball who remains. And uh, Terrell Timmons Jr. is a guy that I think is going to have a role in this offense this this season. Yeah, what would get me excited about him when you talk about high ceiling is he's also cousins with Keenan Allen, which I think is a very interesting fact. And we're talking about one of the best route runners in the history of football. Uh, and I think if you spend some time around Keenan Allen in the offseason, I think you could probably learn a thing or two. So I don't know how close they are in their relationship or anything like that, but I did think that that was an interesting fact about Terrell Timmons. Well, let's recap the draft here. Chase, you started out the draft with Jordan Seaton. Great pick there. You also went with Draylon Miller, Eric Brantley, Tyler Johnson, Cordell Russell, Keaton Wade, Shimon Mateer, and Walter Taylor as well. And I went with Will Shepard from Vanderbilt, Brandon Davis Swain, Cam McKell. I went with Hodge, Preston Hodge as a defensive back, Matthew Bedford, Justin Mayers, Quincy Wiggins, and Terrell Timmons Jr. Uh, This was a lot more fun than it would have been uh, a few years ago, huh? Yeah, I think we would be quite a fun quite far down the ratings i think if we were uh, picking eight guys in years past top 16 but also transfer portal days now so it's a little different in the amount of guys that they're bringing in totally the sco show how is that that working out for you chase i enjoy coming on there most weeks and uh i, I think i've listened to every show maybe not live but uh, i tune in we throw up the replays on buffstampede.com you can get them on mile high sports as well i i think you guys are doing a fantastic job have you guys had fun doing it it's a ton of fun. It's probably been one of the uh, most fun things I've done in my media career. I got to talk about probably my biggest passion, my biggest sports passion, which is being able to talk about the buffs. And uh, my host, Anil Piro, super talented radio host. Yeah. But, um, he's going to be doing this for a very long time. He's not much of a buffs guy. We've become friends probably like four or five years ago because he was working in Denver media and we're the same age. And he wasn't much of a buffs guy at all. And slowly, during our friendship, I've just built it up for him. And now he considers himself a pretty big time CU guy. He went to Metro State. So he didn't go to any com- competitor. Um, but me and him have a lot of fun. We have a lot of chemistry. We obviously get to have you on the show just about every single week. Um, we're going to bring on some different guests as well. You're also able to call in, which I think has been fun too. And I think something that listeners of this podcast should know. You can call in. You can also send your text. You can give us your thoughts. We will read them on air. You can call in, talk about whatever you want. Uh, We have Angry Andy call in just about every week um, and always has something funny to say or something 
enjoyable. So come and give us your thoughts. Let's chat. Let's chat it up. We get to talk buffs for an hour every single week, and we can do that with you guys. So I think that's really cool. And Anila was around the program quite a bit this season. He made an effort to get up to Boulder. So uh, another reason to appreciate the effort he's putting into the show with you. Chase, we have a bunch of signing day videos coming out. It's always good to catch up with you, talk, see you recruiting. And uh, congratulations on on your team here. Uh, Jordan Seaton's going to be tough for me to, to win the vote over because I think people are just so excited about him. Yeah, I had to go with the fan favorites there early on, and then I could kind of fill it in with some other guys. But yeah, I think I have a pretty electric offense if Walter Taylor is able to throw the ball around a little bit. In case you've been under a rock, the early signing period is on Wednesday. It's always a huge day on buffstampede.com. We're going to have a ton of content leading up to signing day and throughout the day on Wednesday. So be sure to check out all of our content here and on buffstampede.com. Thanks for tuning in.